five, four, three, two, one, go. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Blowing the Doors Off, episode 24. I'm Brett Morse, your host. I uh, got my co-host in here again with me this week, Andrew Sherwin. What's going on, brother? How'd you uh, like the racing uh, Pocono this past weekend? Well, um, you know what? The racing was pretty good. I've always liked the triangle, even when it was accused of being boring, as I stated last week. Um, I thought the crowd was amazing the infield camping was slammed um that's great for pocono uh you know it, it's great it, it's great to see the change of going to a single event um have the kind of impact that you would hope that it would in that it would create more demand um i i don't know if that's the only reason or if it's new car or whatever but you know, I don't know that we saw exactly what I thought we might see, but I think we did see um, a couple guys get themselves in trouble in turn three, not shifting at the right place. Yeah, uh, it seemed like th- turn three was uh, trouble all weekend and led to some other highlights uh, that we'll cover here in a little bit. Um, did you happen to see the ARCA uh, mishap they had where they started the ARCA race at like 6 o'clock or something and then it ran so long with – Arca stuff that usually happens in that race. And, uh, they had to end that one for darkness. <laughs> I heard something. Uh, I heard a lot of bitching about how they started it so late and they ran that on a Friday. Right. Right. So it's kind of like, I mean, they, that used to be an issue at Pocono cause they used to run that trucks race on the Friday. I think it was like after practice and they basically already had the trucks ready to go because of this exact problem. Right. Is that you have this narrow window? If it rains at all, you're screwed because there's no way you're drying that track, and you just kind of have to hope and pray. Um, I'm not surprised that a bunch of Arca stuff happened, um, and that's not that's not anything new at all. I don't know how many, you know, we have no idea what the demographics of this show is uh, outside of being <laughs> right. able to cherry pick the people we know that have been around the Twitter sphere for a long time now. But um, there's probably a lot of people that don't remember some of those some of those ARCA races where it really started to get crazy at Daytona and Talladega where they were just absolute wreck fests. And if there was any event they were bumping up into, like the one I saw in person, you know, actually I think it's the only ARCA race I've ever been to was before the Bud shootout. And it was like, I mean, they couldn't even run a whole lap for wadding up whatever was out there. <laughs> right. And then it's red flag. And finally they just said, you know, I, th- I think this race might be over with because uh, we've got an actual one that people care about is fixing a run. No. Like I said, you know, and this is the kind of show where you're going to say whatever's on your mind. We're fans first. Um, mm-hmm. Arca has deteriorated quite a bit from what it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. Absolutely. Uh, I want to drop a little nugget in here since it's the first five minutes of the show and maybe I can uh, catch some ears uh, before maybe they turn it off or hit fast forward. But uh, for anybody in the Indianapolis area or coming to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway this weekend, uh, I'm going to give you a first-come, first-served basis on this little nugget. I have an extra ticket to the IndyCar Xfinity doubleheader on Saturday. First person to message me, text me, whatever it is that you get a hold of me, you can have that ticket. I have an extra ticket. Uh, I'm not, not even going to sell it. I'll give it to you. It's in uh, road course turn one. Uh, action all day long on the road course. So if you uh, want to go to the race, you hit me up. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, we had a buddy that was going to go, and he ended up getting a sweet ticket. So got an extra seat. I sat there last year. Unbelievable seat uh, to watch some awesome racing all day long. Uh, like I've talked about on here before, uh, they do some pretty cool things all day long there for the doubleheader, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. That's really cool. Um, that seems like the place to be if you're not in like what six and seven or whatever. Yeah. You know, that's for those of you that aren't super well versed in the way the road course works at Indy. The the part where they're actually on the big track, they're running in reverse, 
and uh, turn one is where they come off the big track and go into the infield, and that's where all the chicanery was last year in the cup race. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, you know, I ask you how you thought the racing was this weekend. Um, I'm going to throw uh, my two cents in there. I don't think the best race of the weekend happened at that track. Uh, I think it happened at Sharon Speedway in Ohio with the uh, SRX race. Wow, unbelievable race at the end. Him, Chase and Tony going at it. Uh, Chase wins his second SR race in his second attempt. Uh, unbelievable, man. Yeah, that was really fun to watch, and I just finished it. Um, thankfully, somebody uh, has already posted it on YouTube, so I watched the feature. Um, yeah, that's that was neat. You know, I mean, I don't even know that you have to necessarily be a fan to think it's cool that somebody that's racing today in Cup was able to beat Tony at his own game, which that's absolutely what SRX is. It's Tony's, it's Tony's playground and and Tony's toys. And uh, a bunch of people showed up, and Chase Chase beat Tony up front. That's that was cool. Um, and then the Marco Andretti, uh, like breaking his wrist with two laps to go, and still winning the championship. Still winning the championship by three points. Uh, that's that, awesome. That's good for him. I mean, we talked about him a little bit, um, right. but you know, if this is what brings him back out of the shadows and and lets him start something bigger, that's that's neat. I mean, there's. There's really no substitute for having a family name like Andretti involved in racing. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, like we talked before him wanting to be in an Xfinity ride or uh, getting his foot in the door in, in NASCAR. If I'm one of those teams, I look at him uh, as a whole throughout that SRX schedule. He was um, he was a factor almost every race, it seemed like. Uh, you know, even multiple um uh, disciplines you know you got dirt you got pavement you got short tracks i mean you had the whole get up in there i feel like he maybe deserves throw him in that you know that 26 ride that we'll talk about here in a little bit you know that sam hunt 26 toyota car throw him in there let him uh have a little fun with it yeah or yeah i mean for sure but definitely you know definitely a, a place like um i don't know uh a richmond or um, uh, Martinsville or something like that might be a really good fit for him in a truck. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Uh, let's go ahead and dive into, we got a lot to talk about uh, for the next hour or so, but uh, Front Row Motorsports find $100,000, 100 points, L2 penalty, crew chief gone for four weeks, uh, Blake Harris. Uh, that's a... That's a huge, huge penalty for that team that's been running very well. Yeah, it well, and it is really big because that that crew chief has been on a short list of guys that other teams would probably want to go get because he seems to be making something happen. Now, of course, I snidely remarked that maybe this is why that car's been so fast. I don't really <laughs> believe that, that, that that's 100% of it, but... Um, you know, cause, but it does take a creative crew chief to figure out whatever it is that has made them go fast. And, uh, obviously they did something this past weekend that NASCAR was not a big fan of. Seems like a lot of people had that problem this week. Yeah. And if he really is the, um, if he's the engine that makes the team go, um, missing him for four weeks is going to be, it's going to be a lot bigger deal than Kyle Larson losing his crew chief, for instance. I don't know if this is a stupid question uh, or not, or maybe I don't know if anybody else has even asked this question. Um, what's up with the Pocono uh, penalties? I feel like, you know, we had uh, tied in Eric Jones, uh, you know, pre-race type of deal. They got sent to the back, had to fix whatever. Did. I don't even remember what it was that happened to them. Uh, obviously, we'll get into the Denny, Kyle Busch stuff later. You know, they get hammered, and now, you know, front row gets hammered. What's going on? They just, uh, you know, everybody just happened to get caught all at once or what? I don't know about that. I do know that uh, the NASCAR garage has long been its best policeman. Uh, you know, NASCAR officials are there to do the best job they can, but uh, – 
look at it as good or bad or playing with the gray areas of the rule book or the gray areas of race morality or whatever you want to call it. But, you know, the best friend of NASCAR competition team are tattletales. My <laughs> guess is somebody tattletailed to the wrong person and that and enough of those same things were being said about the same cars that NASCAR said, hmm, maybe we'll take a little bit closer look. <laughs> yeah. Uh Ty Dillon can't even get it in the uh, top 25. <laughs> He's been cheating. <laughs> I know that. I mean, that just add, that just fuels last week's fire. Of, it, like, does. it does. I mean, that car is trash. That team is trash. You know, we don't – I'm not going to call Ty Dillon trash because that would be unfair. But, I mean, you know, I still think it's a case of somebody's riches are a little bit too big for their uh, for for their ego. Uh, in terms of what what he thinks he can get it out of you know get, what what he thinks he can garner in terms of attention from a team who and who wants Ty Dillon right now? Why would anybody want him? I don't think he uh, he's probably going to be begging for a place to land if you ask me. Yeah, and and if I mean Richard's not been super high on our list of people that have made good decisions, <laughs> uh, not not recently and not in in a while. Um. I, another really bad one would be to stick Ty in the eight and just hope that all of a sudden he becomes a race car driver overnight because he's driving for granddaddy's team and he hadn't done that since he was in a uh, an Xfinity ride. I don't yeah. see that being the magic elixir for them. Didn't he only win one Xfinity race? Yeah, and it was at the it was the last race at Indy. Yeah, on Before... the big the big Indy. Yeah. So does actually, that even? I, it was the first. Actually, I think it was the first time Xfinity went to the big track. Is that what it was? I believe okay. so. Was that the one where? Was that the one that Elliott Sadler got penalized? Because he was uh, all been out of shape about something at Indy. I don't remember uh, that part. I remember he fin Ty finished the. Um, um, he finished first as far as he, nobody finished in front of him and then got penalized or anything like that. No, I think it was a situation where he, it was a restart call. And oh, okay. Sadler could have been. went to the back because of it, and he was all bit out of shape. Uh, I mean, just fighting mad. NASCAR stole a race from me kind of thing. I thought that was the same race, but I, it may not be. <laughs> right. I mean, the Xfinity's only raced on the big track, what, three times? Yeah, it was only a couple times, and I – um, I've been to three of them. I don't know how many in total. I went to three. Uh, I think everyone that I went to, Ty won the first one, and then Kyle Busch won the other two that I was at, I believe. Uh, normally, um, that Xfinity race uh, on the big track was pretty terrible, and it was usually hotter than I'll get out. out. I remember one year, I was actually at a golf outing um, for my uh, un local union, and uh, – I won tickets to the the race and to there's a kid rock concert after the race and it was that day I won it on the golf course and they're like yeah you might want to leave because uh, this starts in like two hours I was like fuck so I <laughs> went home and grabbed Jocelyn funny thing is it was like four tickets uh, and uh, she's pregnant with Emmett and I'm like hey I know it's like 110 degrees outside but I'm going to this race uh i have a ticket if you want to go i'm not saying you have to go but if you want to go because i don't want to leave you home kind of thing you know mm -hmm. me her and my cousin end up going uh there was people literally passing out in the stands because it was so hot a lot of medical attention needed uh we end up going home after the race because uh it was just so hot we couldn't even bear it anymore didn't even get to see the kid rock concert or anything <laughs> i mean it was one of those days where the second you stepped outside it was like instant swap ass yeah yeah <laughs> yeah what well, i mean that's what it's that's what it's like out here right now i mean i you know i can't imagine you know I, there's no other time of year that nascar can race so this is gonna be it but well i was gonna get into it later but i'll talk about it right now um nascar is getting lucky uh this weekend in indianapolis beautiful weather um low 80s uh i haven't seen the humidity side of things yet uh, but it's not looking like it's going to be a, a barn burner by any means. So looking forward to that. Um, Matty yeah. D returns to Rackley War Racing for the 2023 season. I'm not sure if it was a multi-year extension, but I know he'll be back next year. Uh, hopefully he figures that truck out because uh, he wasn't too hot in the old 25 truck this year. 
No, he was not. And whatever he was hoping to do for his brand on the positive side, uh, he didn't do at all. Because when you brought it up that he was racing, that he was back in the truck, I thought like, oh, is he back for this year? Did he sit out some races? Is he fired? <laughs> what What's going on with that? Like, that's how much of a nobody he is right now. So I don't I mean... Good for him. Yay, job racing. Um, you can still make a decent living doing it in a truck, but you do kind of have to win, though. I mean, even I can remember Bodine giving interviews. Matter of fact, we actually interviewed Todd Bodine on the old PETM back in the day. I remember that. But, you know, they, you know, they're, they're, it's significantly different, just like the purse sizes. You know, it's like, you know, if you're making a hundred and you know, if you're making a hundred grand as a truck driver, you're you're pretty close to the top. Well, uh, I'm looking at the salary, the standings right now. He finished 13th overall in driver standings um, with 16 starts. Uh, he is. <laughs> I'm not even making this up. He's over 1,600 points out of first place. Which goodness is gracious, pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what? with that's with every start 16 races uh let's look here um zero wins d- zero top fives he had six top tens so out of 16 or 16 races he had six top tens yeah i think i think we're all done talking about burrito mm-hmm. that 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 ship has sailed and boy did it sa- i mean it I just watched Titanic for the first time in my life. What? It <laughs> I told Kristen that I'd never seen it, and I refused to watch it. And so she came home with it, and she goes, will you watch it? And I go, well, yeah, of course I'll watch it with you. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's it's a good movie, but, uh, I mean, that, his ship set, sunk faster than the Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh... Well, let's talk about some uh, with some trucks. Um, Chandler Smith uh, wins the the race at Pocono. I didn't really get to see uh, a whole lot of of the truck race itself. Uh, that was his second win uh, of the season, um, so not too bad for old Chandler Smith. But uh, Zane Smith wins the championship, the regular season championship. He had, Zane Smith had three wins uh, on the year. Uh, he had a pretty strong year for uh, a truck that we don't normally see up front that much. Yeah, good for him. Um, and that that's actually that's a good thing that that he would be in position to be talked about like that uh, in a ride that uh, I don't think anybody really was all that concerned with being, you know, being where they're at. So um, I'm sure that that means that his phone is ringing for the next step. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to assume that's probably uh, what's going on. We've heard uh, several talks of him skipping the Xfinity series and landing in Cup. But I think if I'm Zane Smith, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I think I would like to hit all the stepping stones and do it. Uh, do it that way, you know, racing the Xfinity series. Even if it's just one year, I would still uh, like to be in that series at one point. But I guess if you're uh, a driver and your ultimate goal is to end up in cup and you get a cup offer, you're probably going to take it more than likely, unless you're already have a plan. Um, and when I say have a plan, you know, if you look at the guys that have really had a ton of success, uh, since you and I really have gotten into racing, you know, let's just say the last 15 or 20 years, um, they all did basically the every step of the process you know Mm -hmm. it's local late model uh or open wheel if you're a briscoe type or a larson type then they race some trucks maybe not a full season race full seasons in xfinity and then get in a cup car and there doesn't seem to be any substitute for that experience especially now when age is not you know, really into play anymore where you, you know, you have to be 18 to run a full season in any of those series. You know, I can understand what happened with Kyle Bush and his trucks career before he started his own team and, and why that all shook out the way it did. Um, but for the most part, these guys are all doing it the traditional route or what the new traditional route is, is you run full seasons in Xfinity, you have success and then you move up. 
Well, you know, back then, you know, a, a an Xfinity ride would you would, you know, somewhat get you ready to race in a Cup car. Uh, now that's not the case. Uh, a Cup car is so different than an Xfinity car that uh, it doesn't really prepare you. You know, it, it, I think it, more of anything, it prepares you for maybe the competition uh, going into Cup, but it's still probably not even close to the league that you're stepping in once you hit that Cup ride. Yeah, I mean, yeah, th- and that may be enough, though. That may be enough of uh, the learning process of where you can and can't put your car. What do you do when you're running 12th and there's 11, the 11 cars in front of you are good cars with good drivers in them? Not going to happen that often in trucks where that's the case. Right. You know, if, if there's six or seven really good drivers that are out there in teams and in trucks, there's probably close to double that in Xfinity and then add six or eight more once you get to cup. And those are guys that were all good enough to get to cup in their own, you know, by their own merit. You don't, you really don't buy a cup ride. You know, it's just that nobody has that kind of money. Not really to where you can buy, you have to be sponsorable, which means you have to win races and prove that you're sponsorable. And I just don't, I don't see anybody skipping trucks, going to cup and having success. Uh, I totally, uh, totally agree with that. Um, you know, it's crazy to already think, um, for this weekend, uh, this is the first playoff race, uh, for the truck seems super early. Like we were talking before we recorded. Um, but nonetheless, uh, it's playoff race. Number one, Indianapolis raceway park. It's actually called Lucas oil raceway. I'm still calling it IRP. Everybody can kiss my ass. I'm still calling it IRP. And, uh, it's the first time that they are going to be racing at IRP since 2010. So a 12 year hiatus at the oval, they're west of uh, Indianapolis, and I am pumped because I'm going to be there. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't think there's uh, – at this point, there shouldn't be any question uh, about whether or not NASCAR should be at that racetrack when they go to Indy. The question is how many series should run there. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, we, I mean, I don't know if we'll get into that or not, but that's awesome that you're going. That's really cool um that's a great racetrack it's always put on a great race it doesn't matter what car is out there and it doesn't matter to me at all that it's not a huge grandstand you know that that'll be even better for the trucks but it would be fine for xfinity too yeah absolutely um you know i think if um indycar ever decides that they don't want this weekend anymore if roger uh, decides not to do the doubleheader anymore. I think it should be a doubleheader at IRP. Maybe not all on the same day, obviously, but uh, maybe a Friday night truck race, Saturday night Xfinity race, maybe. Um, uh, but you know, I've heard some um, some stuff going on in the in IndyCar scene. There's a few tracks they're thinking about bringing back. Uh, speaking of IndyCar, you know, we, we don't really talk about IndyCar too much. They had the doubleheader uh, this past weekend at Iowa. And what a crowd and what a uh, event they put on there! I actually got to watch the first race um, when Cup would go to a yellow or or something like that. A commercial, I would kind of flip it over to the IndyCar just for a minute to watch Jimmy run. He did very well both days, but uh, I don't know, man. The way they set that whole place up with uh, High V being the uh, sponsor for the race, I don't know, man. I, I think maybe they should test the waters and take a Cup race out there. There was a lot of chatter in that respect, uh, both about Jimmy's top five and about how they really did it up from a a fan experience perspective, bringing in the portable suites and that sort of thing. And it's like, you know, when somebody like Brett Griffin, think about him personally, however you want, when somebody like him that really understands marketing and the, the fan experience says, this is how it should be. This is how it should go. This is how you can do this at a track that isn't already doesn't already have the pre-built infrastructure for a cup races. You can still do it. You can bring stuff in and it works. And they learned that at the Coliseum, you know, making their own track, putting it all together. I I don't know. I think maybe they should maybe test it out one time. I know they used to run uh Xfinity out there for like Father's Day weekend or something like that, but uh, maybe they're ready uh, for 
uh, another date, maybe if it's just Xfinity again or something, I feel like they deserve to be on the schedule. It's a pretty fun little short track. Well, and I've heard nothing but good things about Des Moines. So, you know, what's a lot of way race to... fans out there? Yeah, and you know, if you're if you're already gonna pull, um, and I, you know, clearly Chicago is still in the Midwest, but to pull the race away from Elkhart Lake and put it in downtown Chicago almost feels like you're taking it away from the Midwest. You know, so it's almost like, okay, so how do you make up for that? Um, Iowa obviously won't show up on the schedule for a couple years, even if that's in the plans. Right. But um, let's just say that the Chicago street course is a hit. NASCAR says we're going to go back at least two more times. At that point, you do need to consider, okay, uh, how often do we run at St. Louis uh, WWT? Uh, Do we take that race? and move it in some capacity to Iowa um, to sort of spread the love around the region in terms of, you already got a track built, you know, and it's, right. it's unique in that, you know, it's, it's a, it's a seven, eight smile. We don't have anything else like that in NASCAR. Yeah. And to watch those Indy cars roll around that place was pretty highly entertaining. I was uh, very entertained Saturday watching that race. I watched the whole thing. Uh, Jimmy, boy, that dude has a set of cojones on that on that on that guy because he uh he really pushed the issue a few times going three wide on the the, the very top three wide, you know, up in the marbles against uh, against the wall. Whew, uh, I was sweating it for him because it was they should have had a split screen. They should have had the race on one side and just Jimmy's car on the other one because that dude was driving it all over the place. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, good for him. You know that that's a culmination of a lot of hard work to get, uh, you know, to get to the point where you could get a top five on a short track and in an Indy car. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's talk a little Xfinity. Uh, Noah Gregson puts it in victory lane uh, at Pocono. Uh, him and Ty battled the last uh, several laps. You know, with them having history, I thought here we go again. That something's going to happen. One of them's going to touch two. You know push the issue too much uh they didn't uh, they were door banging a couple times but uh, uh noah got past him and just kind of put it in there man I, I thought it was a very good ending to that race you know pretty highly entertaining and then he gets out of the car and does the interview and all that and he's dry heaving at the start finish line uh wild burnout with the american flag on the top of the car and all that stuff and then uh Drinking beers with Dale Jr. and Victory Lane. What a uh, roller coaster of emotions there for Noah. Yeah, and apparently Dale had to really uh, coax him into that idea uh, of drinking that beer. And he's like, well, you just you just shotgunned a beer because apparently Noah just does not like beer. And uh, <laughs> he's like, so he wouldn't he didn't want to do it. And, and, and Junior's like, I'm here. I've got beer. We're drinking a beer. This is happening <laughs> now. I don't care whether you want to or not. Just hold it if that's all you can do. You know, like, <laughs> right. like we're doing this. It's like it, it's so funny to me because you know that story Marty Smith loves to tell about how, um, you know, uh, that moment that he shared with Junior, where it's like you hear Marty and he's not even he knows he's supposed to be on TV, but he just doesn't care. And he goes, "Get us one of them damn beers," and you know, and they <laughs> rip open the beer and. And, and, you know, cause that just, it, this, it's natural. It just comes natural, right? You know, it doesn't right. have to be a beer, but whatever. Um, but yeah, that's the Noah, he, Noah checked all the Noah boxes, yeah. uh, uh, including maybe checking the new one where he, you know, didn't get in a kerfluffle uh, <laughs> right. that they could have been, but I mean, I, we probably should give more credit to Ty Dillon or sorry, Ty Gibbs for that. Um, you know, they, they race each other clean. Noah used the draft perfectly. Uh, both on and off corners to stay ahead, and uh, and Ty didn't didn't he raced him good? He raced him like he wants to be raced. I would say. Yeah, I would probably assume that too. You know, he probably uh, learned his lesson. You know, we've heard multiple times saying Noah saying he's got one coming to him and all this, but uh, maybe all talk or he's saving that up like uh. <laughs> like Denny has for Ross. We'll get into that in a little bit too. But uh, uh, talking a little bit of uh, Indy Road Course for the Xfinity race, uh, Santino Ferrucci 
in the 26 for Sam Hunt uh, at the Indy this weekend. You brought that to my attention. I didn't even realize it until you said it. And I looked at the entry list, which uh, appears seven or eight cup drivers are in the Xfinity race as well. I, uh, does that just simply uh, pra- wanting to practice the course, or they are they chasing checkered flags? Both. I would assume that they're practicing. Um, but to your point about the 26, I was actually talking about the cup ride where the former Red Bull, the Russian, is getting in that car. Oh, shit. Um, so you may – I don't know if, I, if I've got enough energy to talk through you Googling that. Daniel, Daniel Krutz or something like that. I don't know if he ever actually made a true F1 start, but he oh, was okay. in Red Bull's camp. I see um, that now. Is that how you say it, Daniel? I would assume. I mean, I've been around enough Russians. I think I can make that assumption. Daniel, K- 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 I can't even pronounce it. Kavat or something like that. Oh yeah, Kavats. Kavats. Or, there's a Z that? in there or something. Yeah. I don't know. Kvyat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can overthink the way Russian names are spelled, and then you then you realize that that's what you're doing. You're overthinking. <laughs> um, I didn't even realize that. Too. I thought you were talking about Ferrucci jumping in the Xfinity car. <laughs> no. That's that's funny that we talked about this while we're recording. Yeah. Um, no, I think those guys getting over there. That's uh, that's we don't, you know, we haven't done a whole lot of this indie road course stuff, and there are some things that make it unique and different from the other places that we go. Um, so it's probably just you know breaking timing, shift points, all those things would would generally be the same in an Xfinity car and a Cup car. Um, you know, the, how the car works is going to be different because cup's got independent rear suspension. So I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm sure it's just a learning op, you know, used to see this a lot more before the cars were so different, but, uh, I would imagine, I mean, Bubba Wallace is in the, the Gibbs car. That's, that's about all you need to know really. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's hop into cup conversation. Um, you know, <laughs> Denny wins the race, beautiful race that he put together to be out front. Uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle Bush finished two, one, two with him, uh, teammates there, Gibbs, and they got disqualified. <laughs> I did, I, I did somebody. So I'm, I play in a pretty deep fantasy league, uh, here, here in Indianapolis. And I had both of them. Uh, and I'm like tied with like five other people basically in top five. We're all like just, just a few points apart. And the person that runs the league called me and he's like, Oh man, you're going to be pissed. I'm like, why? What's up? Oh, Bush and uh, Hamlin just got disqualified. You, uh, you get like a point or two for the race. I'm like, what the hell's going on? That's when I text you. But uh, wow. Uh, like you said, unprecedented. Uh, we haven't seen that in NASCAR since the 1960s, I believe. Uh, 62, I believe, since the winner was disqualified, and sometime in the 50s was the only time that the winner and second place were disqualified. Crazy. So yeah, this is this is uh, I mean, you don't even you got to be you got to be around a long, long time to remember when this happened. Uh, if you do, so uh, basically, it hasn't happened for us. We haven't seen this, you know. The right. big, you know, the France family mantra, so to speak, was the fans deserve to know who won the race before they exit their seats. And then it got to a point where they just couldn't do that anymore, and that's finally now. So, what exactly was the penalty over? I know that it's when they took uh, the wraps off the car, and there was uh, some tape involved somewhere. Yeah, so there was tape on the fascia underneath the wrap uh, on the front end. Uh, I think it was left front corner like two inches tall and five inches wide and like a thousandth of an inch thick or something crazy. That's crazy. But um, the problem is they stuck it. It's helicopter tape. You know, we used to call about call stuff 200-mile-an-hour tape or duct yeah. tape or bear bond, but this is called helicopter tape. Can you imagine why they might call it that? Probably because they used to use it to repair blades when they were still, you know, in active service and then couldn't just change a blade. Um, but that, that constitutes modification of a single supplier third-party part, and NASCAR says, if you mess with this, we are going to mess with you and we're going to make it hurt. 
I think they're. Uh, I love the uh, uh, the Denny Hamlin um, social media post uh, Monday morning. He's got the trophy there. Says it's going for sale on eBay, uh, and he pops the bottle of champagne that he got in Victory Lane uh, and eating his cereal or whatever he was eating. I thought that was pretty comical. Well, what are you going to do at this point if you're him? I mean, if you right. have any sense of humor at all, you're like, well. I've got, what has he got, 57 cup wins or something? Uh, is it 47, I think? 47. 47. Enough. He, tied, he tied Tony this weekend. Well, he don't got that win no more, so he's not tied for Okay, Tony so that anymore. would have been his 49th. Okay, so he's got 48 cup wins. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? You're sitting there with the trophy that's no longer yours, but you have it in your possession. Yeah, the champagne bottle, you going to give that back? No, I would absolutely probably do exactly what he did and just go, eh, you know, I'm going to have a mimosa with my bowl of cereal today. Thank you, Pocono. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, uh, with them being qualified, third place, Chase wins without leading a lap. So it's his fourth win uh, of the season. Uh, and he wasn't really shy about it. You know, they uh, Monday or Tuesday talking to him, uh, the media stuff, he don't even he don't even want the trophy. Yeah, which I don't I don't blame him. Well, I'm not saying he's putting on an act. I really I don't think you could keep it up as long as he has if it was an act. So he's got a persona about what his capabilities are, what his career is, how much effort he's put in, and when he makes mistakes or when he thinks he's made a mistake that cost the team, and uh, he doesn't. Uh, for those who don't listen to his radio, he basically never picks on his pit crew or anybody else. Like that's just not his style. So for him to come out and say, I'm not going to celebrate this because we didn't even really lap. He said, I crossed the line third. Um, you know, they're not going to take it away. If it stands, he said, it's still appealable, which means if I celebrate and then they give it back, what is it? Who looks like the chump then, you know, <laughs> it's like, you know, he, I, he, he is as sponsorable as it gets, you know, and and hence the five-year sign-up that, Na that Napa just, you know, signed back up for, which, I mean, makes sense a lot, obviously, because Napa is an Atlanta-based company. But, um, you know, that's just – that's Chase. And uh, so far, I would say you probably should just let Chase be Chase. You know, we talked about it behind the scenes. Uh, he's, he doesn't even turn 27 until this season's over and he's already got 17 cup wins. And for reference for anybody out there that maybe doesn't keep track of these kinds of things, I happen to keep track of things, especially since I did not like Ryan Newman and I was a Casey <laughs> Kane fan. They both finished their careers with 18 cup wins in their entire career. And I think most people would generally agree that they had some, they had pretty good cup careers. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's I was gonna kind of circle back to the you know the SRX thing. Um, you know, he I get it. He's racing with some um, quote unquote old timers in the SRX. He's got some. There's some young guys in there, but people that are still passionate about racing. But um, that dude, every time he steps into one of those races, he just comes in and whips them. Even old Tony on the fucking dirt. You know, I mean, Chase goes in and doesn't wreck him, outruns him. You know, just outduels him. And it, it just shows the discipline of Chase. Uh, I feel like, um, kind of like we talked about behind the scenes, he's a generational talent. You know, some people may say he's a kid that had a silver spoon put in his mouth, but, you know, that can only take you so far, and then it kind of shows what you are or aren't. Uh, and he's showing that he is a uh, an awesome, badass race car driver. Well, and you know we have we have seen this before. Legacy driving is is very much steeped in the history of NASCAR. Like that is, you know, legacy names in NASCAR matter. Dale Earnhardt Jr., Earnhardt, Ralph Earnhardt. Um, you know, Dale Dale showed up. Dale Jr. showed up, and he was pretty good. And he had a damn good Cup career. Do two Daytona 500s and 26 Cup wins. Hall of Famer. You know, but he never was as good as his dad. This maybe the first time since, mm, I don't know, you tell me. Uh, we we don't know what Davey Allison could have been, um, but, you know, Chase has got all the signs of being better than his dad. And, was, yeah, you can talk about the Silver Spoon or as, quote, unquote, the golden boy of NASCAR media. Well, there's a reason. That interview is part of it. Uh, the other part is, yeah, he got handed a uh, Hendrick ride when he was 15 years old 
uh, running late models and then K&N and then ARCA and then everything else. And But you know what? He's made good on it everywhere he's been, and he continues to make good on it. And that that at some point, that chatter just goes away. Like, oh, well, his dad was the most popular driver, so no, no wonder he is. Well, kind of, but, you know, it's not you know that whole that whole stretch of uh the 80s and 90s uh dale earnhardt wasn't winning you know most popular driver awards bill elliott was so even it takes more than just winning too you know like he doesn't really piss anyone off it certainly doesn't piss his competitors off no he's you know friends with most of them and seems to be a level head for the most part um what really stood out to me when it came to chase is obviously he stepped in that ride after Gordon was gone, uh, you know, and he started off in the 24 car, you know, I don't know how many seasons that he run that just one, the 24 car. And then he switched to the number nine. Was it one or two? It might've been two. I can't, I remember. think it was two full seasons. His first cup start came in the 25 at Martinsville. At, was that Martinsville? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Martinsville. Because I saw him run the 25 at Indianapolis, too. Okay. Maybe, maybe so. But I think he was in the 24. Because I bought a hat, and I don't think I would have done that if I'd have known the 9 was coming. Although, I wasn't shocked by it. But, you know, at that time, Richard Petty still had two cars, and one of them was the 9. And my guess is they were just kind of waiting that out. And it actually it actually worked out better for everybody that way that Chase was the one to get in the 24 and then just kind of keep the seat warm for Byron. So Byron didn't have to be the one to follow Jeff Gordon. (laughs) Like if you think about it from a long play, it it actually makes a lot of sense. So if the long play all along was we're just going to wait for Richard Petty to be done with the nine and we're going to then we're going to go get it instead of saying, hey, we'll give you this much money if we can take it now. Um, and it just, it's a humbling thing too, that like Chase is like, okay, what I really want to do is drive the nine like my daddy did. But, you know, it it takes a while to learn as we see, you know, he's for, for his age group, he is the best. Uh, and he didn't win until, you know, August of his third season, the first season in the nine. Yeah, I just thought it was cool how he kind of switched from the nine, kind of like, hey, I'm not following this kind of guy. I want to make my own legacy. I want number nine like my old man. Let's do this up. <laughs> yeah, that was not a shocker at all. I was just excited when they well, when they switched the numbers. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, cup racing, do a little indie preview. This is the second year of the road course at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Last year we saw Dinger with a surprise win uh at the end with uh chase and uh chase briscoe and denny hamlin going at it uh you know year two of the of the road course what's your uh thoughts on the indy road course i like it i i think i like it for its simplicity um you know there's not a lot of turns um i don't know i i just i i liked it when i I like that they took this break, if that's what it is. If it's not, if and this is forever, I'm fine with it um, because I do like road course racing. Uh, they needed to do something if they wanted to stay in Indy because people were not going to that other the race on the big on the big track. Mm-hmm. And it's a neat course. I mean, and all the history that goes with it. Now you can just say, okay, well, we're, this is our this is our new thing. We're not trying to cop you know the brickyard 400 it's just all of it says we're trying to be indie and this maybe was a step away from that and say we love indie we want to be here roger penske's a big part of nascar too we're just going to do it our way yeah i i can i can agree to that you know i was very skeptical uh when they switched it to the road course obviously i'm um uh, biased on Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it being my home home course, and I've taken you there for uh, the Indy 500. You know what that that complex feels like when you're in there. Um, you know, I was skeptical at first, but you know, uh, last year after going, I was like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" Like, if you don't like this, 
there uh you don't like this form of racing or you weren't entertained by the race yes we had the little turtle mishap that's gonna happen stuff like that does happen uh in racing but highly entertaining i was on the edge of my seat the whole race i felt like you know besides a few points where i was uh i know he probably listens to this show but i met up with timothy triplet uh last year you know how it is, man. Sometimes I go to a race by myself. So I hit him up. He said he was there. I bought just a general admission seat. Uh, so the whole pit side road of the f- the front stretch, uh, you could just sit wherever. And I sat at the very end of pit road, and I could see that turn one, and then they I could actually see where they would go all the way behind me. And they would, when they would go behind the main grandstands on the front stretch, that's when I would lose them. But straight ahead of me was a TV uh, where I could see it. So whenever they would hit kind of the back stretch, me and uh, Tim would kind of have a conversation about what was going on. We're checking scanners and looking at people's Twitter feed and stuff. And it was really cool to uh, check out the road course at the home track. But uh, the real uh, treat of the weekend is that doubleheader with IndyCar. Um, it is awesome, man. I, I like Indy road course racing there, uh, Indianapolis Boner Speedway. It's fun to go, and they do a lot up at the track with food trucks and some kind of entertainment throughout the weekend somewhere. Um, but uh, Indy's definitely got a special place in my heart for racing. Yeah, well, and think about it from this perspective. If we just think about it from from optics, you know, if NASCAR went to Indy before the month of May, um, I don't know that it would be feasible because of weather or not, but let's just say there was room in the schedule to do that then the optics become less important. It becomes less important that the grandstands aren't full for the NASCAR race. Um, because the month of May, you know, is immediately is going to reset what your perspective of India is when 300,000 people show up for the Indy 500 because it's after, um, it makes it stand out really poorly when there's not a lot of people there. Cause you're like, wait, well, I just saw this a few weeks ago and you, I couldn't, there were so many people I didn't even, you know what I mean? Like you can't, right. it's overwhelming how many people. Yeah, it takes you five hours to get out of there. <laughs> yeah. And so it, you know, if, if it was a different order, I would say, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's still more to be to talked about in that case, but I think it's more, it's optics as much as it is anything. And NASCAR needed to change the optics of, of what it was to race the Brickyard 400 because they still had this mindset of competing with the Indy 500 in terms of attention. You just, you just can't, you just can't do it. You absolutely can't do it. So with the package that we run with the new car, we've seen it at Pocono. We've seen it at a couple other bigger tracks. Uh, Do you think maybe we should give the oval another chance? I think for cup only it's worth having a conversation. And I think it starts right at the top with Roger Penske, Roger, do you think this is a good idea? And if he says yes, then you talk about it. If he says no, you go, okay, cool. We'll just do what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I think they should maybe run a test or something and see how how it plays out. You know, throw 10 cars out there and let them go around there several times or 50 laps or something like that. See how it plays out. I don't – you're obviously not going to have the tire debacle that you had in 07 or whenever it was, uh, but – I don't know. Maybe it would be entertaining. Maybe it would be, um, you know, a, a packed up race. If not, maybe they just get all spread out like they used to, which um, I would say that that's the coolest thing about the road course thing is you expect it to be once they get, you know, kind of an order. They mostly stay in that for the most part. There is some passing in some of the corners. Uh, but other than that, you know, when we used to run the uh, the oval, man, they would just get so far spread out. It was one of the most boring races I've ever been to really. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think the width of the track plays a role too. Like you will hear in the month of May, them talk about how, you know, Indy's the three wide start for those of you who may not know, or don't, don't really remember that that's one of the things that does make the Indy 500 different is that you definitely don't want to be the third car on the outside going into one. (laughs) And you probably don't want to be the second car either. In NASCAR, you don't even, want to be the second car like there really is just one good lane of racing i think we found that out the hard way the last time we went there because didn't they go down in a lap one and wad up half the field with truex uh, uh i think truex was leading them down there and then him just, and bush 
Yeah, yeah and it just it was a total debacle to, to start the event. Like it, green, yeah, boom, I have to feel this wreck. Yeah, and they they seem to wad them up coming off the of two quite a bit. That short shoot in between one and two, they seem to wad them up right there quite a bit. I know the last time I watched an oval race there with NASCAR, it was an Xfinity race, and that was back when Seabell and Reddick and Custer and them guys were doing very well in the Xfinity series. I remember a late restart, them going into that, and they, them being up front, all them people that I'm talking about, and they wadded them up in turn two. Uh, Kyle hadn't even been running that well. He was on a different pit strategy than the rest of them. Uh, and he still wins it. <laughs> he did. Uh, Kyle had just a knack for that place in a uh, cup car and an Xfinity car. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm guilty of of my fandom like overwhelming me in terms of what I remember about the about Indy. Um, you know, it was cool to see Casey Kane win there. Uh, obviously, that's a big deal for him coming from the sprint car world. Yeah. Uh, and everybody just assumed that that at that era that most of those guys were going to go Indy and he thought he was going Indy until he, you know, got the Jeff Gordon call from Charlotte saying, Hey, we got to, we want you to come try this out. Um, but he was the same kind of deal. He was on a different strategy. He was on a fuel saving strategy. They didn't have a fast enough car to win. He just, he won though. I mean, yeah, that, they wanted how many a times lot of is, them out though, didn't they? Yeah. How many, I mean, how many Indy 500 races have been won? by alternate strategies it seems like more often than you know the fastest car rarely wins that race yes i'm with you on that for sure and i kind of wish i wish they did but i I understand why they don't um and they had they had done it uh a couple years in the past of running the bc 39 the same weekend as the brickyard which is uh, on the little dirt track that they built inside Indianapolis Motor Speedway, uh, they did that race because of Brian Clawson and the Driven for Lives or whatever it's called, where they talk about um, donating your organs and whatnot. Uh, but uh, I wish they oh, did yeah. that during Brickyard Weekend uh, again because I'd love to be out there maybe like <laughs> Saturday night after the doubleheader of IndyCar, get people to stay around, maybe have a concert and then the dirt race or something like that. I think that would be badass, but it's uh, it draws a very huge crowd. Uh, the BC 39 and this week was actually Indiana sprint week this past week. Uh, I didn't get a chance to hit any of those tracks up, but, uh, racing is, uh, going on in Indianapolis right now, especially this weekend. Oh yeah. You know what? And it's not like we don't, we don't have any time to fill, but next week is when all this business gets kicked off at Wilkesboro. Awesome. that's That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. We might have to uh, maybe talk about that on next week's show. Maybe talk about a schedule. I can look it up and kind of talk about it a little bit on what they got going. But uh, I would, I would die to be at one of those races. Yeah. Well, there's so, a bunch of them, and evidently, so for your, if you're listening, and you're anywhere near Wilkesboro. So if you're Mooresville or Asheville or Boone or Winston or whatever. You can buy it like a seventy-five or a hundred-dollar ticket. That's basically a season pass for the entire month of August, and you just go to as many races as you're able to get to. That's awesome. Yeah, if you're in the area, definitely get out there and check it out because I'm pretty sure I've heard several times. You know, this is uh, this is the time to show your love for uh, for that track because uh, if you don't, uh, you may never get another chance to do so. Right. But um, let's make some picks. Let's make some picks for the cup race. You beat me again this week. I would have beat you had uh, Kyle Busch not got disqualified uh, with your – who did you pick? Did you Blaney. Pick? Blaney. You had Blaney last week. Uh, so uh, who are you taking uh, for the cup race this week? Well, uh, I can't say my pick is contingent, so I'll have to settle for it. So I guess I'm picking the 45 car with the general notion that it's probably going to be Ty Gibbs that's going to be in it based on everything I've heard is Kurt's probably going to sit out another race. So I'm picking Ty Gibbs to win in the 45 or to finish ahead of you (laughs) in the 45. Um, I'm not going to lie. That would be freaking sweet. If I saw Ty Gibbs win his first race on his second start in a cup car. And Um, guess who's real fired at Joe Gibbs racing. If that happens. (laughs) <laughs> right. uh, speaking see of you that, kyle go find somewhere else <laughs> have you seen the little clip uh after the race kyle's out of the car 
Uh, looks like he's pouting a little bit. And Joe, Gub- Joe Gibbs kind of walks up to him and, like, I don't know how the exchange went, but it looked like Kyle was just kind of like, yeah, get away from me, dude. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't I, – that was not probably the right time for him to continue to show his displeasure for the way the contract negotiation is going. I agree. Probably should have just suspended that emotion for – Five more minutes. <laughs> right. uh, but I'm going to uh, home route, obviously. Home track, I'm going my favorite driver. Uh, hometown kid, sort of. Uh, I'm going Chase Briscoe for the road course. Hopefully he doesn't do anything stupid on the last lap like he did last year. Uh, but uh, very excited to be out uh, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway this weekend. If I yeah, that was a little wild points. if you think about it looking back because Briscoe was out there running laps and he was not being scored <laughs> right and it was like what's happening here when are they going to tell him to get off the racetrack and then he or, dumps the leader <laughs> yeah well and <laughs> and how funny is it now looking back that leading into this to where we we've got all the way to to here now the race is here and it and hamlin is the talk of the town of whatever chicanery is to be talked about in cup right. hamlin is mixed up in it yeah, so I was going to ask your your thoughts. Who do you think, and you'll probably get this right because you're a smart guy, who do you think the odds-on favorite are for the Verizon 200 at the Brickyard come Sunday? The odds-on favorite? Vegas favorite. Vegas favorite is probably Chase. You are correct, sir, at plus 340. Um, but um, some names that I'm seeing up here that I didn't think that I would see up here, um, Ross Chastain, Tyler Reddick, uh, Austin Sendrick all right behind Chase. It's basically Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson at plus 350, plus 650, and then it drops off uh, to some pretty high odds. But uh, the steal of the weekend when I'm looking at this, uh, these uh, odds are A.J. Allmendinger at plus 2100. I'll go halfsies on that bet with you. <laughs> that would be awesome. So if we bet – Obviously, you bet a hundred dollars. Uh, we're winning twenty one hundred bucks. About twenty two hundred bucks. Yeah, I'm in for fifty. <laughs> uh, let me work on that. I might have to do that think, to you. That might be hard it. to pass up. <laughs> think about it. Maybe if it's just twenty five each, whatever okay. it is, I can deal with that. That'll pay. For, like I said, we did this before once. We almost, we almost, almost did it. had it. We can just put that in the BTDO kitty and go. We've got a race weekend paid for. Whenever it is, we can actually go to one. <laughs> right. Oh, that'd be awesome. Um, too bad we wouldn't hit the, 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 the 20. We might have to do 50 and do the 2100 uh, and then use that money. I, it's probably already sold out, but do it next year or something. Buy like the Dale Jr. or the Dirty Mo Media Experience at like the Bristol Suite or something. <laughs> that, that would be nuts. Well, you might not want to take me because I won't take advantage of all the things that are 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 to be offered there but i don't know i i'll still be fun though oh it would uh, still know. be a blast <laughs> uh so we got some listener questions for the week we haven't had one of the, some of those in a while which is pretty cool uh but the first one mick rose in the win and win win and you're in era does a point penalty still carry the same weight as in the past i'm gonna let you do this one uh very situational based on the year i think uh you know obviously that's super contingent upon there not being 16 winners um so then those cup those points uh they don't they don't matter as much as if you win obviously uh if anybody i mean you know what you he's he's it's a good question because i'm him and hawn because michael mcdowell is certainly a guy that could win at daytona um, that wouldn't be even that much of a stretch. Like that's certainly something he could do. Um, so I would say yes and no, depending on the circumstance. If we only had 11 winners right now, I would I would be totally on the side of yeah those those points don't mean a whole lot. Um, uh, but well, I don't know. It might be the reverse of that. Actually, I might be saying this completely backwards. Um, I don't know. It's worth, it's worth thinking about, but I mean, a hundred points is a shitload of points. Look where Brad Keselowski is in the points right now. And, uh, yeah, he's deep. (laughs) 
He's real deep. <laughs> and and so I I still think it matters. Um, it still matters, but does it have the impact? Well, no. It's not going to have impact on somebody who's already won multiple races. Which Brad is Keselowski why... is in twenty eighth points in driver points. So McDowell is only two spots ahead of him now by thirty points or something. Yeah, so look in that same tally sheet and add 100 points to Brad, and where's he at? Yeah, he's looking pretty good. He's right there at the cutoff line, you know. See? So I would say, yeah, it does matter in the win and you're in era because we have yet to see 16 or 17 winners and some, you know, in that goofy situation come up. That's why we all want to see it because we want to see what happens. We want to know. <laughs> Like, is NASCAR going to overreact and change the rules or just go, you know what? The anomaly here is that we had this many different winners. Uh, not that we have to just necessarily make a decision. You know, they didn't make the decision to change the way the playoffs worked until Jimmy had already won five. Right. Or, you know, and then he finally he comes back and, and gets the sixth and the seventh. So, um, yeah, I would say it definitely still matters. And for a team that small, losing your crew chief, uh, that's all going to matter. That's going to matter a lot. Absolutely. Well, uh, Brandon from Lap Traffic sent the other one, which is a very similar question to the first. Uh, would a win by McDowell over the last five races be a backfire for NASCAR with their massive point penalty to the team if they won and still made the playoffs? No, I don't think so because um, I, those – he would have. He would still have to win, which is seemingly getting more and more impossible right. to think is going to happen as we go. Like the the opportunities for these chances, like McDowell's never really run that well at Watkins Glen that I remember. So his his last real shot is this weekend or Daytona. So I'm not sure if it will be a slap in the face or a, oh look your penalty really wasn't worth the paper that it was written on just because McDowell wins. Um, I think it was more of a, a shot at uh, the teams that already have wins and say, look, we can still, we can still muck your season up. I mean, the thing that they did, the underlying thing you don't see uh, with, with the points deduction for Kyle and, and Hamlin is not, well, not so much the points deduction is that they got last place and second to last place points and their uh, segment wins taken away. Absolutely. So all those things mattered too. So at the end, they did almost get penalized 100 points. So yeah, I, I don't think it's, I, I don't think it would be a slap in the face. I think it would just be, you know what? There was a, a loophole in the way this thing is being policed and they found it and kudos to them. Absolutely. Uh, but to go back on Brandon from Lap Traffic, uh, if you don't listen to the Lap Traffic podcast, go check that out. He had episode 286 this week with Chase Purdy. Uh, and I believe he gave some tickets away on the show. So if you're not a Lap Traffic fan, go check it out and uh, support the old uh, professor up there in Michigan. That's right. Firekeepers 400 at uh, Michigan International Speedway. Absolutely. Uh, rednecking, you got any rednecking this week? Or is it just me? Mm, no not really no uh nothing nothing new in the old mini farm nothing <laughs> exciting no snakes this week no plus or minus in the chicken game <laughs> uh no plus or minus in the chicken game keep your fingers crossed uh we'd let some out to free range and uh so far not a problem awesome well i got a pretty big redneck in uh this week and i called you on sunday on how pumped up i was but got a call um obviously i've talked on here before about having another podcast bow hunting podcast i do a lot of uh hunting deer hunting and um some friends of mine from a different podcast um called me and give me the invite on a deer hunting trip to to michigan come um november and it just happens to include ward burton and jeb burton from uh crossroads the show they do on the outdoor channel but how freaking cool is that? I yeah, that, like. I want to go deer. I want to film Ward Burton. Like, let me go with you, Ward. If I could even understand what you're saying, let's go do this, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, this that's your holy shit moment for that podcast. Oh, know? for sure. You know, you talk about. You don't really realize what's at your fingertips until it materializes almost all on its own. I mean, my holy shit moment was doing the post race podcast with Jeff Gluck at Darlington. Um, 
so that's that's your holy shit moment, and that's a big one. Yeah, and for that's, sure. That's damn cool. And you said it's up in the Uper. Up in the Uper, right there. I can't remember what the island's called, but there's an island up there somewhere, and I guess that's where the whole thing's going to take place. Uh, they'll be filming their show for the Outdoor Channel. Uh, I'm going to probably pack my podcast equipment and take it with me, try to get maybe the both of them or one of them on with me. I think that would be super cool, but just sharing that deer camp uh, with Ward Burton is like a dream come true. <laughs> I don't know how you could describe it any other way. Pretty much. Uh, I'm highly looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm super jealous, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, that's old episode 24, the old Jeff Gordon episode. But uh, uh, tell them where to find us at on the old social media. Yeah, you can find us at BTDO Podcast on Twitter and at Blowing the Doors Off um, on Instagram. And then I, I, I switched the PTM facebook page over so it's we there's blowing the doors off on facebook for if anybody that still uses that all i do is post links to the most recent show when i think about doing it which is usually every week but it's not uh you know i'm not doing much facebook these days so yeah i don't blame you but uh you can find me on um twitter at bwayne8589 like i said first person to hit me up on that ticket uh, it's all yours. You'll have to sit next to my ugly ass for a couple hours, but uh, at least you'll be at the track. Uh, and I'll be at the truck race on Friday if anybody wants to meet up or anything like that. But uh, you guys have a good uh, indie race weekend, and uh, we'll see you again here next week. Oh, yeah, and I'm going to put Brett on the spot real quick. You should take your phone, record some audio with whoever takes that ticket, and we'll play it on the show. Absolutely. That'd be cool. I'll have to figure how to do all that out, but I'll figure it out. Uh, you guys have a good rest of the weekend. Yee. Skew. <laughs>